Hi everyone, I want to talk to you today about why the Old Testament is important for how we follow Jesus. So that's talking about you, me and the Old Testament. We're still in Matthew's Gospel, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, the wonderful teachings of Jesus. Um, over the last few weeks we've looked at the Beatitudes, those times when we're blessed. We've looked at what it means to be salt and light. Now, if you were one of Jesus' original listeners, you were probably at this point beginning to ask yourself questions around the Jewish faith and Jesus. Jesus, where do you stand in relation to what it means to be a good Jew? Where do you stand in relation to the law and the prophets, what we call the Old Testament? Are you breaking from all of that? As if anticipating that, like a good communicator, which Jesus was, and still is, uh, Jesus goes on to um, speak the verses which form today's passage for us. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 20. I'm going to read them to us. So Matthew 5, reading from verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfil them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. There are four things that I think are really important from this passage for us to understand um, as followers of Jesus in 2021 about the Old Testament and our faith. The first is this. The Old Testament is actually all about Jesus. That's what he says. Look at verse 17. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus makes the very simple point that actually the Old Testament is all about him. In its sacrificial regulations and in its laws, uh, in the stories that show us um, what the nature of humanity is like and reveal the love and the care of God, as well as the justice and judgment of God, we are seeing something that is pointing towards this moment, the arrival of God himself in the person of Jesus. The Old Testament leads us up to the Incarnation, points us all the way to God stepping into the world to do something about the mess of the world. It's like the moment the star appears in a play or in a film. I wonder if you've seen um, Hamilton, the musical about the life of the uh, founding father Alexander Hamilton. It opens up with a song where all of the cast members sing about that key character, all of them except Hamilton. And then there's a moment when the actor playing Hamilton steps onto stage, centre stage, looks straight out and says his name, Alexander Hamilton. And it's like that with scripture. The Old Testament has been leading up to this point, the arrival of Jesus, the incarnation. The Old Testament is all about Jesus. So we can't just let it aside. In fact, there is no break. Um, what follows is consistent with what went before. It's all one story. God and humanity with Jesus as the star. 
So that's the first thing it's really important for us to understand about the Old Testament, is that it is pointing towards Jesus. It's pointing towards our need for rescue. It's pointing towards how rescue will come. The person of God stepping into our world to take on our sin and our rebellion in our place. The Old Testament is all about Jesus. Now, the key question you might then ask is, if the Old Testament is pointing up to Jesus, um, do I need to pay it that much attention now that Jesus has come and now that I have the New Testament? Maybe do we need to not worry about the Old Testament so much? Well, let's look at what Jesus says. For truly, I tell you, now truly there, that's, that's a, it's a word that impl implies that this statement has emphasis and importance. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So heaven and earth disappear, everything is accomplished, points to the end of the book, the end of time and the renewal of all things. Jesus says that actually, yes, the Old Testament has been about me and pointing to me and my arrival, but actually it remains authoritative and important now. And as such, it has two key roles. It has a role for us before we come to faith and a role for us after we come to faith. Before we come to faith, um, it is, as Paul says to the Galatians in chapter 3, it is, it is like a guardian, or the Roman word he used was pedagogue. A pedagogue was a Roman servant whose job it was to train and to discipline and to bring up a child until that child reached adulthood. So before faith, the, the law, um, the Old Testament, Paul would say, keeps us um, in check, but also, he says, keeps us in chains. It reveals to us the fact that actually these are standards we cannot live to. So when he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we know that because the law, the Old Testament, has revealed to us what the glory of God, what the standards of God look like. So before faith, it has a role in revealing to us um, what we're really like as fallen human beings and the fact that we need God, that we can't fix the problem ourselves. But then after faith, uh, when we are changed, we become children of God. It switches from being something that um, uh, causes despair, as it were, as to something that guides our lives and show us how we could live, how we should live. Because you see, in the Old Testament, we see what the, the nature and the character of God is look, looks like. Uh, we see God's longing for justice, but we see that he is love. Uh, we see um, that, that God sets all things right and that God also rescues and cares. And so we see what we can be like and indeed what we should be like. And no matter where we are in the world or in history, um, it, sets a, it helps with the New Testament set the theme that the concept of what it is to be a follower of Jesus should look like so that there is consistency whether we are in the 1700s whether we are in Bristol uh, or whether we are on the east coast of Japan I don't know why I've picked the east coast of Japan but actually it helps us to play the same game as it were so think about golf I'm not a golfer but I understand that the rules um, of golf are set by the RNA based in St Andrews and that whether you're playing golf on a Lynx course uh, on the North Scottish coast or in the middle of a wooded valley uh, in another country in you know Europe or somewhere um, that it's the same set of rules that enables you to play the same game so that's what the law does for us that's why Jesus says it's so important uh, that we continue to see that it has authority and um, it shows us our need reveals our need to us, and then it guides our lives. 
I was trying to find um, this quote and I couldn't, but I think it was Luther who said that before grace, before faith came, I hated the law because it showed me just what a sinner I was. But after grace, after faith, I love the law because it showed me how I could live my life. So the Old Testament, it's all about Jesus. It reveals our need for Jesus. And it also shows us how we could live and what holiness and a life following God looks like. There is a temptation, however, to want to set it aside when we teach and when we talk about faith because it can be quite difficult and it can be quite challenging. If you uh, remember B&A, you know that we did Genesis last year and there's some really challenging passages there. And so one of the temptations has always been for the church to set the Old Testament aside and to go straight into talking about Jesus um, and maybe just to stick with the New Testament. But Jesus won't have anything of that. Uh, therefore anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches us others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven uh, Jesus is basically reminding us that if we set aside the Old Testament and we don't take it seriously um, that we're setting aside the teachings and the commandments of God so all scripture all scripture is God-breathed and all scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking and training in righteousness. We need the stories of the Old Testament. We need the teachings of the Old Testament to help us to see what holiness looks like, to help us um, to learn to live well ethically, uh, to remind us of our need for grace, to remind us of what God is like and what his love and his character is like. So if we set aside that, we're setting aside the teachings of God. We could be doing something like cheapening grace. So if I talk about how God is love and Jesus came to reveal the love of God to you, but I've not taught to you about actually the fact that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and I've not shown that we have this whole history that proves that's the case, do you need grace? Is Jesus not just an add-on to your life as opposed to the saviour and the rescuer that you need? And it also, um, I think, um, lessens the need for discipleship because the whole of the counsel of God, including the Old Testament, shows us what it looks like to be holy, set apart for God, what it looks like to reflect the nature of God, what it looks like to follow the purposes of God. And so when we set aside the Old Testament and we follow that temptation to say, well, let's, let's not think about that so much, um, we're doing ourselves and others a disservice. And Jesus makes that very clear. So the Old Testament, it's all about Jesus. It reveals our need uh, for Jesus and for a rescue. It guides how we live now. And we need to avoid that temptation to set it aside. But we need to teach it and follow it carefully. And how can we do that? How can we live out um, those kind of lives? Um, I think the clue is in verse 20. For I tell you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The key here is, try and remember this, is inside out, not outside in. Inside out, not outside in. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were very good at obeying the Old Testament rules and regulations. They were very good at applying externally things that they thought they had to do. But actually, their hearts could be far from God. Jesus talks about them as being like whitewashed tombs, looking clean and brisk on the outside, but full of death on the inside. And a righteousness that surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law is a righteousness that starts 
on the inside. Firstly, it starts with having received Jesus as Lord and Saviour. So Paul, when he says to the Galatians, says, under the law, you had this guardian who held you in um, slavery and in chains. But when faith came, you moved from that to becoming a child of God. You were given a new status. And so when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we are changed. We become new. We receive a new heart. We become children of God. Our status for eternity is that we have been, the big theological term is justified. When God sees us, he knows that we are righteous because we have received the righteousness of Jesus. And so our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and of the scribes because it is not something we are trying to achieve in our own strength, but it's something Christ has done for us and through it we have been changed. We have a new status. But it doesn't just end there. A righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the scribes because it is a righteousness that starts from the inside and works itself out. In the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit and with our new hearts, we want to live new and different lives. We long to live for and with Jesus. We long to be holy and we long to live out the character of God that the whole of the Bible displays to us. And that is a journey that we go on between now and eternity. The second big theological word there is sanctification. So our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the laws because we have been justified through the work of Jesus and not through the work that we are trying to do. And we are being sanctified through the continuing work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us. And what that means is that we live our lives very differently. In the coming weeks, we're going to look at the next set of teachings of Jesus. And he is going to talk about murder, adultery, divorce, taking oaths, wanting to get revenge and how we treat our enemies. He's then going to talk about giving and prayer. And, and one way to see it is, oh, my word, Jesus, you've raised the bar to a standard I can't quite get. And that would be a, a way of revealing to you if actually you're trying to do things in your own strength. Another way is to see it as, wow, this is what is possible when I have been changed by God. This is what is possible when I have been changed by God. It's back to that Luther quote, I hope it was Luther, um, that when I've got grace, I love the law and I love these teachings because it's like, wow, this is the life that I can lead in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to lead you and me into a wonderful new way of living, a way that reflects the character and the nature of God, a way that is holy and set apart and different, a way that will last for eternity. And he wants us to do that in his strength through the power of the Holy Spirit. He has come so that the law that showed us how far we were from God now just guides us because he fulfilled that law. He has come and changed us so that we are enabled by the Holy Spirit to live lives that, that fulfill that law as well. And he has come so that in and through us, others may see him and be saved. Shall we pray?